The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast and radio show. I'm Laura Nash, and today I'm speaking with Ashwin Ramdas from Denver. He is the founder of a new delivery service, a zero waste delivery service. It's called Infinity Goods Delivery. Thank you for agreeing to do this so quickly. You must be so busy with uh, with everything. This is a pretty new company, right? Yeah, we just started uh, making deliveries uh, at the end of October of 2019. Nice. And yeah, we've been pretty busy since then. Um, so I want to welcome you to the show. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> awesome. So can you just tell us like all about the company? Because this is super exciting. And I hope that it's the future for many more cities. So uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about how it got started and sort of like how it works. Sure. Yeah. So, well, from the top, Infinity Goods is a zero waste grocery delivery service that sources and delivers a wide selection of foods and household goods in reusable containers. And then, just like the milkman, we'll take back those containers, clean them, and reuse them for future deliveries so that we can cut out the plastic packaging waste from the grocery experience. And our whole mission is to make it easy for customers to get all the foods they love without the plastic waste and without compromising convenience. Awesome. So amazing. I love it. Thanks. Yeah, we started up, uh, we started first kind of laying the groundwork for for the idea back in March of 2019 and applied for a grant with National Geographic and we were able to get that grant and that helped us kind of get started uh, with like really preparing for the delivery phase. And um, yeah, in October is when we, we started actually making deliveries. Um, and then, you know, the idea originally formed out of, you know, kind of frustration with having to get all of our food in single-use packaging and there not really being any other good alternatives to getting, you know, the foods we wanted without the packaging waste because we could get things like beans and rice, but we weren't able to get, like, the real foods that we loved, like ice cream and pasta and, you know, so that was when that kind of sparked the uh, kind of fervor to look for an idea and come up with a solution that could really solve that 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 need. You know what? That's so uh, such a good idea because there are so many things I had to cut out of my diet because yeah. I just can't get them anymore, right? So like like you're saying ice cream, like there's no Okay, so a, a favorite snack of mine is an ice cream cone in the summer. <laughs> yeah. That's that can be zero waste like on the consumer end, but yeah, the other ones are either in plastic containers or even garbage like paper containers right. that I would assume have a PET lining on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's amazing actually to focus on that stuff that, you know, we'd like. Um, I don't know if you do potato chips or not, but that's another one I had to cut out probably for the best for my health, but <laughs> but I do kind of miss them quite a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, we do potato chips as well. Uh, yeah, really? that's kind of the, the reason why we started it. Uh, my co-founder, Danny and I, we both were trying to live 
plastic free lives. And nice. we were really able to do it in most aspects of our life. We were able to cut out plastic, but with, with food, it was nearly impossible because like you said, so much of the food we actually want comes in plastic. And we found ourselves cutting out a lot of that food as well. And, you know, we just realized like we are really dedicated to this. And for us, it's extremely difficult. Like imagine people who are just, you know, finding out about this or not as dedicated. How would anyone like them be able to cut out plastic waste? Yeah. So that's, you know, our mission. Part of our mission is to just make it as easy and uh, as or require as little change from the customer as possible. Yeah. So you can do ice cream. Is that tough? Like, do you have ice packs? Yeah, we have ice packs. Ice cream isn't too difficult because at least where we are in Denver, there's a lot of, there's a strong uh, local producer culture here. And there's, you know, great local producers for lots of foods. And we work with a local ice cream producer who is able to deliver it to us in these reusable gallon containers. And then when a customer orders it, we deliver it in kind of pint glass jar containers. And then when the gallon tubs are done, we hand them back to uh, the producer and she reuses them and then delivers that again. So, you know, we're able to cut it out from the supply chain as well, the, the plastic waste. It's perfect, right? If we just work together, I think these solutions are here. They're just a little more difficult. Like these changes aren't just going to come about with the snap of our fingers. We actually have to work really hard, I think, at, you know, doing something difficult like you're doing that's starting a big company. Like I think these are, are wonderful solutions. And if you are listening in my local area in Belleville, because it plays on the radio here, um, we had a an, a weird issue with an ice cream store where I think the government was saying you need a dairy license and it costs over $100,000 or something. And that's like a big, a big price for a little ice cream shop, right? So there's just too yeah. much regulation and they had to shut down. And now there's not really any places to go and get ice cream cones that aren't like a fast food place and stuff. Um, so I'm, hmm. I, I love to hear about like local businesses starting and, uh, speaking of that. So, so you're saying Denver has a good maker economy. Is it also like, do you see a lot of zero waste stuff going on there? Is it, is it working toward a sustainable city? Like what's it like in Denver? Yeah, I think Denver is kind of putting it at the top of its priority list as a city. Oh, good. To become, yeah, to become more, uh, you know, just environmentally friendly in general, but there is a focus on reducing waste. And, you know, the city of Denver or the, the state of Colorado has uh, grants for people who are trying to, you know, create solutions for waste minimization. And in Denver itself, there seems to be a lot of local entrepreneurs who are trying to create solutions for uh, for waste and trying to create zero waste solutions. So it it does seem like a a good place for us to be as well because yeah. the consumer demand is here and you know there's a, definitely a culture for it growing mm -hmm. it's so nice to have things show up like people are really busy these days and so if you can have things come to your house what tell me a little bit about the delivery service has that been tricky is it does it cost a lot of money is it working out well yeah it's working out well so we kind of created our own in-house delivery system essentially where you know the customer just goes to our website they order exactly what they want from our zero waste marketplace and then when we receive their order we go out and we fulfill it so 
we have a system where we can get the food that they've ordered in our reusable packaging and then deliver it to the customer the same or next day. And we also try, or we do deliver multiple orders at the same time on the same route so that we can optimize you know, these delivery routes and reduce our emissions at the same time. So trying to be zero waste and also try to be as little uh, carbon emission as possible as well. That's awesome. And that kind of, and we, yeah, the delivery system is kind of really, it's trying to mimic the milkman system and, yeah. and not trying to reinvent the wheel too much on the delivery side, but also, you know, trying to bring modern technology to uh, make those milkman model more efficient and applicable for more types of products. And So awesome. And uh, what's that one that started by Tom Zaki? Um Oh, gosh, I can't remember. It, they're doing like a delivery service thing, too. Um, I can't remember the name right now. Sorry. But loop. Uh, yeah, Loop. Um, I think that they're like sanitizing everything and people can just put it in dirty because I know they wanted to mimic the feeling of a garbage can. Like you just eat something and you throw it away and then you don't have to worry about it. Are you, are you doing that as well where people can just, you know, eat ice cream and throw the container yep. in? Yeah. Yeah. So not necessarily throw it in because we don't have because uh, our glass like a bin yeah okay. and they're, yeah because yeah, we're glass but yeah we all take back the containers and we sanitize them so the customer doesn't have to clean them so really the only thing the customer has to do is order it from us and then consume the products and then hand everything back to us and we'll take care of cleaning it and sanitizing it and reusing it. And so that's that's really awesome. I make my own beer at home and the biggest part of that is sanitizing the bottles right because it's yeah it's very important that you don't you know grow something else <laughs> other right. than what's supposed to be in there and that's kind of like a pain in the butt so i think that that's a a good approach so what are some of the most popular items that people are ordering yeah so the most popular items are kind of the things that people aren't able to get anywhere else things like that we offer that you can't get anywhere else like tofu cheese those are really popular products and then we also do eggs as well milk and then ice cream and then fresh produce of course is is really popular and um and bread so kind of those like really staple foods that you can't get packaged cream from the typical grocery store those are kind of where we uh, are are making our footing and and people are coming to us for mm-hmm. and yeah i would say those are top products and then as a general category, pantry goods, people are, you know, order stuff like olive oils and, and rice and flour and, um, yeah, snacks, I, I guess a lot of everything, but mostly fresh goods is what people seem to buy. How are you packaging the bread? So we're using cotton bread bags and then we're delivering them fresh from bakeries so that wow. they don't have to interact with plastic to be packaged for the customer. Yeah, that's awesome because that's a tricky one for sure. My son really doesn't like the bread that I make at home, so it's like a struggle. Oh. I can make it totally zero waste, and then yeah, he just he tries. But I, I mean, in all fairness, I don't make. That's my weakness. It's like my kryptonite is bread. I don't know why I can make so many wonderful things of food, and that one just gets me. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. But I've I've tried it in the pillowcase before, where I've I go to a, a bakery and put it in a pillowcase, and I found it like it was too breathable. So oh, the bag was too breathable. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'd have to use like a thicker, thicker cotton or like a more tightly woven one, I guess. So. Yeah. Thicker cotton. Sometimes we, we double bag 
the bread with the cotton bags because of the breathableness. And if a customer orders like sliced bread, for example, I would usually double bag that so that it can last and, and stay fresh longer. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so have you had like any challenges? Like this seems like quite an undertaking for you and it's it's so smart. And I think it must be an interesting process to start a business from scratch that's taking, like you said, the old milkman model and trying to modernize it for our modern worlds and get the customers, right? Excited about it. Yeah. Um, have you found any challenges or like, do you maybe have advice for someone trying to do something similar in a different city? Yeah, I, the biggest challenge is really just setting up all the logistical frame setting up the logistical framework for making these deliveries because there's so many from, from like a conceptual level it's pretty simple you know you're just delivering it you're delivering goods to a customer and then you're picking up the packaging to reuse but there's so many kind of parts to that that you have to figure out like where you're going to store the containers where you're going to sanitize the containers how do you get the containers back from the customer you know, in the most efficient way possible without driving around the whole city, you know, burning fossil fuels, right? So there's like those kind of setting up the framework is definitely the hardest part. And then putting that in the application, you know, finding or talking to people who will actually let you store the containers and and finding a place where you can clean it, finding the, the, the food producers who are willing to work with you when you're really new to start off, uh, and don't really have as much validation yet. So, yeah, that part's definitely the hardest. Yeah, it's a different... Okay, so in my city, I don't think that it would be... I don't think it would work because I don't think enough people care about it yet. But mm-hmm. I'm really happy that, you know, there are cities in America with not only the population to support wonderful things like this, but then the know-how and uh, people who really care. And I find America is really good about forming groups like zero waste groups and sustainability groups and environmental groups and and stuff like that. And uh, so I think that that's really great um, and helps with like the challenge of it all. So yeah, I agree. Do you, can you like, I guess pickup trucks would be too small. Cause you know, it's funny cause I see the cyber truck and I'm like, the cyber truck looks pretty crazy. Like it looks like it <laughs> should be driving on a different planet. And yeah. I kind of wonder like, Hmm, I wonder if, if you could start a little delivery company with something like that, because then you've got the back to put a bunch of stuff in. Cause I don't know if there are uh, like how many electric vans or vehicles there are or anything, but. Yeah, we actually do a lot of, uh, a good portion of our, of our deliveries are made in electric vehicles just because. Oh really? Uh, yeah. We have an electric vehicle and then some of our couriers uh, either drive a hybrid or an electric. So we don't we don't limit it to just electric vehicles. It just happens to be that way. But uh, we don't really want to go down the delivery truck route, uh, just because it makes it a little bit harder to kind of make the whole system work in a the most efficient time manner. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And so expensive. Like those big trucks yeah. are expensive, and they take a lot of fuel and and maintenance and stuff. But I didn't. Okay, so I didn't know this. So you you actually can deliver in like a regular vehicle then like a regular yeah that's amazing right yeah and that's kind of the way we try to set it up so that we could have you know just anyone come and help us out in the evenings we didn't have to have such a a formal process i guess we could have people who were you know just wanted like from the uh hiring standpoint we wanted people 
who who could take on just a flexible job and you could just use their vehicle to help us out. And, you know, we've had couriers who are able to take about make eight orders at the same time and fit all those orders in their vehicle, which is exactly what we had planned for. So we don't see a huge need yet for a bigger for bigger vehicles, which is yeah, good because that'd be a lot of capital expense. Mm-hmm. So you're using the model of like, you know, Uber and Lyft and Uber Eats. And uh, I don't know if you guys have skipped the dishes in the U.S. or if you've heard of that. That's the one that we have. Uh, I don't think so. That's the one that we have in Canada. And then we brought a girl on the show who called her company Eat the Dishes. So she makes like soup in a bread bowl that you can just eat. So it's zero waste. And it's kind of funny because oh, she was awesome. yeah, trying to trying to make fun of the other <laughs> company a little bit, which I thought was neat. And uh, yeah, because I worry about those delivery systems having like so much plastic in takeout containers yeah. and bags yeah. and all that stuff, right? So you're kind of seems like you're kind of using that same model, but like extremely sustainably, which is really awesome. Right. What we need. It'd be yeah. cool. Like yeah, it'd be cool if there was like a, a takeout as well. I don't know. Do you, have you done any like prepared dishes or or anything like that that someone can just kind of eat something that's yeah. made? We we're in the process of of trying to set that up. We are in early talks with some restaurants to kind of create that system. That actually was the original idea way back when we first kind of were brainstorming. But it it was harder to start from the ground up because we had to have a lot of restaurants on board for it for anyone to want to use it. Yeah, and yeah, and grocery for a couple reasons. Grocery grocery delivery just made more sense. But we have always wanted to get into the prepared meal, you know, DoorDash kind of space. And that's where we're going going next, I guess. At the same time, we're kind of simultaneously working down a couple paths to uh, to expand the, our zero-waste delivery aspect mm-hmm. to more food, more types of food. Years ago, I had that delivery service before I, I went zero-waste. And we have different ones in Canada, but it's just like a blue apron service. And mm-hmm. I really just had to stop because of all the plastic. And I, I see the argument that they say it cuts down on food waste. I mean, it can if you're a giant food waster, but if you don't waste right. food anyway, it's not going to, it's just going to increase your, your plastic like so much. And some of it was really unnecessary. Like they would, they would take an egg and like break it into a plastic container. And that's God. how you, you'd get your egg. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. okay, I can't do this. Yeah, and all that's kind of, it's I don't know, it's disheartening to see all those companies doing stuff like that. And then they're kind of like greenwashing PR is that yeah. all, all, of, all of these bags are recyclable. When it's like, we all know the pitfalls and loopholes to recycling that just make it not a solution for plastics. Totally. It's, like, we don't yeah. know if it's getting recycled, even if we put it in our blue bin, if our exactly. municipalities recycle them at all. Most municipalities that I've run into don't even recycle plastic bags. You usually have to take it to yeah. like a, a specialty one. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, annoying stuff yeah. that comes on that. But I think that they're set up that they could be sustainable. They just don't want to. Because I remember when I was taking that service, I I sent lots of you know emails and questions about like, if you could be more sustainable and, and, you know, it's just, they're not interested because it's not in their, their radar yet. So hopefully you take over all their market share and yeah. <laughs> everybody goes with you because <laughs> that would be, that's the goal. Yeah. That would you be, know, we want to move the market in that direction and totally. And yeah. And it, it, you must be proud of yourself to be a trailblazer. Like I would take such great pride if I 
was able to have a company like this that's changing things and doing something really, really good, right? So thanks. Yeah, um, we we are proud. It's sometimes hard to lose sight of it because you know we're in the thick of it, doing a lot of grinding and trying to get it to work. But I guess we we, we really do feel that way when we when we get to deliver it to a customer for the first time and we see how excited they are and that gets us excited and it makes us keep us motivated to keep you know fighting. Yeah, that's awesome. And I want to hear a little bit more about you, Ashwin. So you said that you and your your co-founder were living a zero waste lifestyle already. So how did that happen? Like, how did you get interested in zero waste? Oh, I've kind of always just been passionate about environmental protection and just nature for a really long time. And I have kind of been dabbling in the green space for a while. I've been was an engineer for a renewable energy research facility and and kind of been doing a lot of side projects related to nature and the environment. Like I had a YouTube channel where I made nature documentaries essentially and that got a little oh, cool. popular for a while and nice. I, it's yeah, it's kind of always been in my DNA and um I've always been the type of person who tried to come up with you know, kind of technology solutions for for protecting the environment. And I was becoming increasingly saddened by by the state of waste in our in our country and on our planet. And I it, it didn't seem like there were much solutions to actually address it. And it felt like the pace of change was really slow. So yeah. I, I wanted to come up with an idea to to uh, you know, affect change and you know, at the same time, I was trying to do it in my personal life, and I encountered all of these obstacles with food. And I just realized, okay, well, this is clearly where most of the solutions are needed, and most of the mm-hmm. effort will be needed. And it's a, but, an, an yeah. area where you can make change in your own life, right? Like it's yeah. it's not like you know you need to buy an electric car you can't afford or or something like that. It's like no, you eat every day. You right. can you can make this change today, whoever you are, wherever you live. Usually, I mean, sometimes it's tough depending on where you live, but it is something you everyone can work on. I think, right? And yeah, exactly. It's it's not a and we, and and that kind of feeds into our mission as well. Like like I said, like the ease and convenience of our service is what we're really trying to let shine for the customers to let them know that this is this is an effortless way for you to you know, fight plastic waste and, and help the environment. You don't have to install solar panels or buy EVs or anything like that. You can, you know, just do what you do normally, but mm-hmm. through a service that can do it a little bit better. Yeah, that's amazing. And so is, uh, were you doing the nature videos in Colorado? Because I know Colorado has some beautiful, like, wilderness areas. <laughs> yeah, I was doing it here for a while. I also used to live in Wisconsin, for oh, a couple cool. years, and that's where it kind of started. And um, yeah, from there, moved down here to do some. I, I moved to Colorado when I got a job with a renewable energy research facility, and and then you know on the side I was working on videos. But then I I wanted to transition into working on an actual product or service that made more of a tangible impact mm-hmm. than just videos. <laughs> Yeah, which and videos are a really good thing too. Like, look at what the straw and the turtle's nose did for for the world, right? So, I think videos are very important, and I I enjoy doing this radio show. And 
I think yeah. it, it's helpful. And I think one of the, the big missing components here is just communication. It's really difficult to communicate to people that there is a big, big problem with waste. And, and that's why I wanted to ask you kind of how you got into it, because we look at people like ourselves who got into it this way or that way. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's a billion or more people that are not into it. Like somehow they've right. lived their whole lives with completely avoiding thinking about or doing something that helps the world be sustainable. And yeah. so sometimes I wonder like, how do we reach more people or, or stuff? And, and this is great because you're making, like you said, you are making eating simple, easy, effortless and zero waste. So it's, it's good, but you don't have to really change yourself. Right. And it's actually probably right. easier than going to the grocery store. If you can just, I'm sure you can just order right on your phone, right? Yep. You can just order right on your phone and and yeah, really don't have to change much about what you do. You just have to go through a different service and and it makes I guess the planet a little bit cleaner that way. And and going back to your point about uh like kind of what how do you introduce people to this topic? Yeah. Uh for me it was kind of you know, exploring nature was my gateway drug into environmental protection. Nice. You know, having face-to-face interactions and and exploring firsthand our natural world made me realize how much I loved it and how connected to it I really was. Because I grew up in a, in a big city for 18 years and never really ventured out into nature. And then once I did, I, I felt that, you know, innate connection. And that kind of, from there, it grew my love for, for not only nature itself, but protecting it. And, and that was, I fell down the rabbit hole into all types of you know, environmental issues from there. Nice. Yeah. That's a catalyst I hear. Like we had a scientist who used to watch the Jacques Cousteau Mm -hmm. shows and he became a a marine biologist because of it. (laughs) And yeah, I hear like, you know, people love nature and that's a great way to appreciate it and, and start loving it is just to get outside. And Colorado, I know, has a, a bunch of amazing peaks that you can climb. And I used yeah. to go to Vail uh, for like a spring oh, yeah. <laughs> thing. Yeah, because I used to kayak. So I've been to Colorado quite a few times and it's it's beautiful. I got pulled over in a Canadian van because I was going too slow because <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> the mountains are so big. And like I had this van that was old and it wasn't going very fast. Um, and they're like, oh, you're Canadian. All right, just don't go so slow. And they like didn't give me a ticket. Um, but yeah, I've always had good experiences in, in Colorado and I'm glad to hear that there's a big sustainable scene and, um, that there is now a zero waste grocery service that people can sign up for in Denver. So if people want to sign up, uh, what's your website? Are you on Instagram and all that? Yeah, we are. We are on Instagram. It's our handle is at infinity good delivery. And our website is also infinitygooddelivery.com. And essentially, we don't have a sign-up system. If if you live in our delivery area, you can shop with us. So there's no waiting. There's no sign-up necessary. You just go to our website, uh, see if you're in our delivery area. And if you are, you know, start shopping zero waste. Oh, that's amazing. You know what? Why why not cut out all those annoying stages of like filling in a hundred pieces of information yeah. about yourself just to order some food, right? That's smart. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm happy you did that. Yep. <laughs> Make it as easy as possible. 
Yeah, because sometimes it's honestly that has deterred me from buying things online before where I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to type in like all of these 15 fields again for like, yeah, whatever. And yeah, so that's good. Um, Awesome. Well, Ashwin, thank you so much. This has been so amazing. And yeah, if I lived in Denver, I would 100% be using this service. And uh, I hope it expands. And I hope you take over the country. And thank you so much. It does well. Awesome. Okay, you take care. All right. Thanks for having me. That was Ashwin Ramdas, one of the co-founders of Infinity Goods Delivery, a zero-waste grocery store delivery service in Denver, Colorado. Just a quick note about the coronavirus. So unfortunately, at our bulk stores in my area at Bulk Barn, we cannot bring our own containers anymore. It's been found that the virus can stay on glass and plastic for days. We can no longer bring those containers. There's been a big backlash as well that you might have noticed with cloth bags. Now, I do wash my cloth bags. I try to make sure that they're nice and clean. I just throw them in the washing machine. And unfortunately, people are uh, pretty upset about that. So some places have banned bringing in cloth bags to grocery stores. Some places haven't. Some places are making people line up outside just to uh, to wait for their groceries to be brought out or to minimize the amount of people that are in the store. So if you are trying to live zero waste and this virus has really like thrown a wrench into your plans, don't worry about it. It's very important that we keep people safe and that we we stop this virus. And also, uh, if you have to use plastic for a little bit, don't worry about it. There's a lot of plastic being used right now. And a lot of it is to keep people safe, like doctors and nurses and medical staff. So we need single-use plastic right now. And I've said this before, actually, that single-use plastic is is good for times of disaster and emergencies, right? If you're in a disaster and let's say you have no running water anymore, then yes, plastic water bottles are great. Uh, right now, we are in an emergency. So if you need to use plastic, just do it. Try and make sure that it gets in the recycling if you need it. If you don't need it, don't buy it. If you need delivery service, you know, just try and separate things that are recycling. But for now, like I said, it's an emergency. So just don't feel bad about things. If we have to put our zero waste lives on hold for a little bit, that's what we have to do. But we have to keep people safe and make sure that they're not dying and that our economy doesn't get absolutely destroyed. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of small businesses that are sustainable are actually the ones that are going to be hurt most because they have the least amount of capital and they won't be able to afford to pay their staff or they will lose clients. It's a really, really bad time right now. So uh, as soon as this is over and now, if you can, make sure you support your local companies more than ever. They're really, really going to need it. And this is all going to be over soon and we are going to be back to uh, living zero waste. So thank you for listening and uh, stay safe out there. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.